0: Is the Novitiate. I'm Father Dave Callahan from the Missionaries of God's Love. This is a podcast designed for lay people to try and give them the foundations of the spiritual life and the ways that it's relevant to them in the world, in the lay vocation. Where most other religious are able to spend years in a novitiate learning everything, lay people don't get the chance. So this is an attempt to try and simplify years of theology and teaching into very short episodes so that you can try and change the way you see the world and then hopefully change the world as a result. In the last couple of episodes, we spoke all about heaven and trying to revision what heaven is in a way that's actually closer to scripture and the catechism, very different to the normal way that we understand it based on the way we're taught as five-year-olds. We finished up with this idea that heaven is love, Heaven is to be immersed in the Trinity, the Trinity which is infinite love. But this then raises this great question, the question which everyone says, how could a loving God send people to hell? I remember once being an observer to a discussion between a couple of priests and some very passionate seminarians, arguing back and forth. where surprisingly the priest was the one saying that there was no such thing as hell. Because how could a loving God send people there? While the seminarians were very passionately defending the doctrine of the church, and yet getting caught up in all sorts of knots because they were trying to work out how could a loving God condemn people to hell. My reflection was to sit back and say, I don't think anyone here on this table really understands what they're talking about. Because so often as i've mentioned you know we we throw these words around assuming that we know the definition you know we say god is love we assume we know what god is we assume we know what love is and somehow we assume we know what hell is and so we try and treat it like a simple act of logic as though it's a basic statement like all bachelors are unmarried or something what we're dealing with here are complicated concepts which even the scriptures aren't very clear about. And yet what we do find is a a logic which the theology of the Catholic Church has tried to follow. And it's a little bit different to what you would expect. Firstly, the catechism is very clear that God doesn't send anybody to hell. And you might be a little bit surprised by that. But if you've got a copy of the catechism or you have a phone handy that you can Google something on, If you look in the Catechism, paragraph 1033, it describes hell and the final sentence of that paragraph, it says, this state of definitive self-exclusion from communion with God and the blessed is called hell. Now that's a little bit interesting because the church is saying that hell is a place of definitive self-exclusion. In other words, we choose. God doesn't exclude us from there. God doesn't send us to hell. But rather, we choose to be excluded from entry into the Trinity. Now, this is kind of fascinating. Because, once again, the first reaction is to say, well, why would anyone ever choose to go to hell? And yet the reality is, every day, people are choosing to go there. Every day, people are choosing against the relationship with Jesus. They would much rather worship money and power and sex rather than actually enter into a relationship with a God who loves them. They would much rather be in relationship with their things, their possessions, their reputation. And they would be prepared to sacrifice everything for that. You know, you look at the way that people will kill for money. People will sacrifice their family for the sake of reputation. Every day, we are sacrificing on an altar for the gods we worship. And in doing so, we are saying, we don't want God. And that's the way the church would understand this, is that hell is a place of self-exclusion. In my life here on earth, I make a decision to not have Jesus. I would much rather have these other things. Now, this is a little bit of a wake-up call for everybody. Because sometimes I think we like to look at the points we've earned. You know, yes, I've been baptized. Yes, I've received the sacraments. Yes, I've gone to church all the very bare minimum of times. So therefore, I should scrape in. But what are you actually worshipping? What are you actually sacrificing for? You know, are you actually choosing love? And this is really the the key thing that defines the whole Of the church's understanding. If we say that God is love and we're saying that our destiny is to become part of the Trinity which is love then the mark of our decision is whether we have chosen love. Now fundamentally we've got to choose love in the person of Jesus Christ. I have to choose the love revealed in the death and resurrection of the cross. I have to allow his love to heal me and cleanse me of all my sin. But then there is this daily choice. Yeah, you know, I think that the Catholic Church is a very firm believer that actions speak louder than words. And our, our whole understanding of mortal sin is that is very much that it, it's that actions speak louder than words. You can go to church every day. You can profess yourself as being a Catholic. But are your actions saying something different? And by your actions, are you rebelling against God? Now, the basic understanding of heaven is that it's more of an opt-out situation, I suppose. Like, Like For those who are baptized, for those who have accepted Christ, they have the opportunity to reject their faith. You know, we, we have the opportunity to abandon our salvation by our decisions. There are many others who have never had the opportunity to know Christ. And probably one of the most controversial points in Catholic teaching is that we would say that God ultimately wants everyone to be saved. The whole reason why Jesus died on the cross was that everyone could know him. And so the opportunity is there, but that doesn't mean that everyone goes. You know, the writings of the Second Vatican Council were were quite revolutionary in saying that non-Christians could be saved in ways known only to God. However, it then very quickly clarified that in the next line by saying, and yet we have the ability to reject that love and that salvation, and many people do. You see, many Catholics have become what they call universalists, believing that everyone is saved and therefore we can just relax. We don't have to worry about all this evangelization stuff and praying and interceding for the world. And that's actually a massive misunderstanding because we live in a world where everyone is choosing every day and most of them are choosing to worship other things. They don't want relationship with Jesus. Now, if we assume that we are heading in the right direction, this then also raises this whole question of what is purgatory? In the very simplistic Protestant understanding of salvation, Protestant salvation is kind of more this idea that heaven is a place. And as soon as you say the right words, that you believe in Jesus Christ, you get a ticket to heaven, the deal is done, you're in Whereas the Catholic understanding is so much bigger because if heaven is to be immersed in the Trinity, then there's a little bit of a complicated process that's got to take place. Now, yes, you have been saved by your baptism. You have been given salvation. But you are going to now be immersed into perfect love. And so everything in you that is not love has to be transformed into love. And this is the central idea that shapes the whole of Catholic spirituality. You see, we're not saved by works, and we need to say this very clearly. In fact, this whole argument about saying that Catholics think we're saved by works, ironically, it is a whole misunderstanding of Scripture. Because when St. Paul said that we are saved by faith rather than works, He was not talking about good works. He was not talking about works of love. He was talking about the works of the law. The works of the law are arbitrary things like which cup you drink out of, whether you wash yourself correctly, whether you walk too far on the Sabbath. And Paul was very clear saying those things aren't going to sanctify you. However, love will. And he says, you know, there is only one law, and that is the law of love. So, as Catholics, we need to be very clear that we have almost this twofold process to salvation. God opens the door of heaven, but then he gives us the Holy Spirit so that we can be transformed. So in your baptism, God heals you and anoints you and claims you as his own. But then he gives you the Holy Spirit so that you can now begin a journey of sanctification. Basically, to strip away all the pride and vanity and selfishness and allow your heart to be transformed into the very likeness of God. Just to give you a scripture to back you up on this one, in the first letter of St. John, chapter 4, The famous line in in verse 16 where it says, God is love and those who abide in love abide in God and God abides in them. Now we know this and, and we've already talked about the fact that God is love. But the next line is the key thing where it says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in the world. You know, we'll have boldness on the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in the world. Basically saying, because as God is love, we've allowed ourselves to be transformed into love and therefore we will have no fear because we know that we're going to enter straight into the unity of the Trinity. That's the scriptural understanding of salvation. And that's also the basis for our whole understanding of purgatory. You see, because God is, is constantly purifying us if you go back to john chapter 15 where jesus talks about i am the vine you are the branches and and i'm constantly pruning the vine i'm cutting away everything that's dead trying to help it to bear more fruit fruit that will last you see god is constantly purging you of everything that is rotten and infected and filled with fungus that's killing the branch so that you can bear fruit That's what what happens here on earth. It's a constant journey of purification. But we believe that because when we enter into the Trinity, we have to be completely purified. We cannot take anything with us that is not love. And so our whole understanding of purgatory is that God will finish what he began. That as we die and we stand before Jesus, as we... Are immersed in that radiant love, everything that is not love will be stripped away from us. You know, very often in Catholic tradition there has been images of purgatory which are really quite terrifying. And yet the church is very adamant that this is a place of hope, this is a place of healing. And I believe it was it was Pope Benedict or Ratzinger before he became Pope, who wrote about it as being this moment of encounter with Jesus where his love strips away everything that is not love. And so this is why we need to have absolute hope in the fact that God wants our salvation more than we do. And that God is working on your salvation every moment of every day. You know, every time you find yourself caught in this dilemma between being loving or being selfish, that is a moment which is determining something of your eternal future yeah not simply in terms of judgment between heaven and hell but also in terms of whether you are stretching yourself to receive the glory that is in your midst so in the next episode i'm going to try and open up for you a little bit more this understanding of how our decisions today influence our eternity tomorrow